MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. It is the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. A lot of Broncos today, a new stadium, a new quarterback, a new player or six or seven from the draft. Nuggets Warriors, look at those odds. The Rockies back in action tonight in our Avs Insider. Mark Springer joins us to talk about the Avalanche. A little funk here as they end the regular season. But there was a report that just came out from front office sports right before I came on here. And uh, it says alongside the $4 billion price tag for the Broncos, a $2 billion stadium could be built here in Denver, to which I would say it's awesome because it gives you a shot to get a Super Bowl, which I think everybody in Denver would love to see. But on the other side, it's taking you out of the elements. You know, if do you have a home field advantage when a dome team comes out to Denver in December when it's 25 degrees and you got flurries? I think so. I think it t- kind of takes that away. It takes that advantage away. Uh, it's still a really loud place out here. Maybe a dome would make it louder. Do they need a new stadium? Hit me up on Twitter at Holden Radio. I'd love to hear uh, from you if you'd like to see a, a new stadium, a $2 billion stadium that would likely bring a Super Bowl here. But again, I don't think whoever's spending $4 billion on this team is going to pay for this stadium. I think you and me are going to be paying for that stadium. So think about it. We'll discuss it even more tomorrow, but I find it fascinating. More Broncos stuff. Russell Wilson. We saw him in a Broncos uniform. One word I could say is sexy. Boy, did that look awesome. Woo! Russell Wilson. Mm-mm-mm. 
Biggest story in the NFL this offseason, and uh, everything's going well. He says he wants to live here long-term, wants to finish his career here. Already bought the $25 million house. Listen, I can make a big deal out of what we saw yesterday. I'm just going to tell you what I saw. I saw something awesome. The organization do a complete 180, and now you got a quarterback for the first time in over a half decade. Uh, let's go to the draft. Bet Rivers numbers here. Broncos to draft uh, defensive players with their first pick. It's still minus 125. That's what I got it at, and that's what I'm recommending. If you think they're going offense, it's minus 104. Now, here are the lines on specific positions, okay? Linebacker to take a linebacker with their first pick, wherever it is. 64, maybe they move up. I don't think they move back. Linebacker plus 250, that's the favorite. Defensive line plus 260. I also think it's interesting they use the positions that the NFL network gives them. So maybe you think it's a hybrid defensive end or an outside linebacker. Just make sure, you know, you're looking at it. If you're betting this, I'm not betting this. Make sure uh, you check out what NFL network has to say about the positions. But linebacker, the favorite. Defensive line plus 260. Oof. To me, it's got to be one of those two positions, right? DB plus 280, probably a cornerback. Offensive line plus 350, tight end plus 800. So here's the team needs. They need that edge rusher. They need that inside linebacker. Offensive guard, offensive tackle, starting corner. Uh, maybe just a corner for depth, a couple of corners, and a tight end. So when you're betting any draft, you got to read beat writers. You got to look at respected media members' mock drafts. I think Lance Zerline is a great guy to go to for that. And you got to do your own research on team needs. That's essential. Or you can tell someone else blindly. That's fine. I would do my own research if I were you. But maybe you listen to this show. You want to, you want a little uh, compass, which way to go. Well, there you go. Now, George Payton, GM, says edge rusher is the most talented position group this year. And guess what? Broncos need an edge rusher. Now, I'm not saying they're going uh, to, to draft an edge rusher just because he said that. But... I think the whole key to this draft right now is how the Broncos are looking at Browning. Is he an inside linebacker next to Josie Jewell? If he is, go edge rusher. If he's already an edge player, <clears throat> go to inside linebacker. I personally think they're going to throw him at inside linebacker. Now, two of your edge rushers are in the final year of their contract. You got Chubb and Malik Reed, unrestricted free agents in 2023. So I'm going to roll off some edge guys and some inside linebackers. Here are the one, two, three, four guys that I think more than, higher than anybody else have a shot to go to the Broncos here with pick number 64. Okay. And I talked about these guys before. I'm going to talk about them again. Troy Anderson, Montana State, the inside linebacker. Played running back at QB. Moved to linebacker in his junior year, so he's inexperienced, okay? So he's got to up his technique. The NFL, you can learn that in a hurry. Uh, he plays special teams, too. I think that's really, really, really important. I think he's too raw to go to number 64, though. You're going to see his name a lot. Um, maybe he drops to them in the third round. Not so sure, but Troy Anderson, at least on the radar. Okay, here's another guy uh, I'm going to bring up. Nick Benito, Oklahoma, edge rusher. 39 tackles, 15 for loss, seven sacks at Oklahoma, big-time program, super athletic, undersized a little bit. Do I think Benito goes to the Broncos? No. Here's the two guys that I think stand out, though. Actually, the one guy. I, if I had to put money 
on the Broncos taking one player. It would either be Josh Pascal, the edge from Kentucky, or inside linebacker Chad Muma from Wyoming, who keeps popping up in all these mock drafts here, locally, nationally. He's a lone tree guy. Legend high. Spectacular. I mean, he was a finalist for the Butkus Award from Wyoming. Butkus Award goes to, the football, to football's best linebacker in college. And he was great at the Senior Bowl. He was great at the Combine. He ran a 4 6 He's 6'4", 240. Uh, I like this guy. I think he's an option at number 64, Chad Muma. And then the other guy would be Josh Pascal at number 64. He's an edge rusher from Kentucky. Now, he's not really big for an edge rusher. Okay? So that could be something that is a, a, a negatory on him. But extremely athletic. Second team all SEC. Doesn't that matter? I mean, in that conference... Academic All-American, so he's a smart guy there too. 15 and a half tackles for loss, five and a half sacks, 53 tackles, 12 games. Uh, and he did not play in Kentucky's bowl game. He wanted to get into the NFL draft, take that seriously. Um, if you get a chance, he signed an NIL deal with a dentist, that a pediatric dentist, which is absolutely amazing. So if you get a chance, Josh, P-A-S-C-H-A-L, Go look it up, Josh Pascal, and type in NIL, and I think you're going to find something really, really cool. Uh, that's number one on the front range for the four biggest stories in sports on the front range. Let's go to number two, <clears throat> and I think this has to do with the whole draft, okay? The number one overall pick. I'll be watching the first round, even though the Broncos likely won't have a pick. Uh, the Jaguars have the number one pick, and Trayvon Walker is minus 200 to go first overall. He took, I mean, these odds just tanked. It's almost to the point now where I don't even want to bother with it. Unless you think 100% he's going there. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson is uh, second with plus 225 to go first overall. So Jags GM Trent Balky reportedly wants Walker and the owner Shad Khan wants Hutchinson. This is a complete fade for me. First of all, Shad Khan's one of the worst owners in the NFL. He's not Daniel Snyder bad. He's not Jimmy Haslam bad, but he's kind of on that second tier of horrible owners. And he gets involved too much. He brought Urban Meyer in. He just, he completely derailed this organization. Uh, and he set Trevor Lawrence back a year. A wasted season there for Trevor Lawrence. It really was. Uh, completely dysfunctional. Completely dysfunctional. So, is Khan going to get this pick? Or is it Balky? I'm not laying minus 200 with my question mark there. Uh, the bets that we have here, Malik Willis to go number two to the Lions. Got that a long time ago at six to one. Derek Stingley, we talked about uh, him with Connor Allen to be drafted in the top 10. That's at minus 110. He's an LSU cornerback. By the way, I didn't know this until I did more research on him. His grandfather was actually paralyzed in a preseason game. Uh, his grandfather was playing for the Patriots. Jack Tatum of the Raiders, uh, Raiders hit him in the head. Interesting. Giants, Seahawks, Texans linked to him. So I do think Stingley... Uh, I think there's a couple of corners that go in the top 10. He's one of them. And then Kyler Gordon to go in the first round at plus 125. Uh, he is linked to the Chiefs and the Bengals at corner in the back end of the draft. So if you tail this one, be patient. Plus 125, Kyle Gordon to go in the first round. Now, again, this will probably a situation, be a situation where you're sticking around all the way to the end of the first round. So you'll be watching that closely, but... I'm feeling very comfortable about that pick too. 
All right, number three on the front range for the four biggest stories in sports on the front range. We got to get into the Nuggets and the Warriors. Game five, Golden State leading the series, three games to one. The lines are not moving on Bet Rivers. It's still plus nine for the Nuggets, plus 320 money line, 225 and a half. You know that I took the over if you've been listening to the show. All four games, the over has hit. I know around the NBA in the playoffs, uh, slightly to the under, but in this series, just gone over. And the Nuggets have shown consistently they can't defend the Warrior shooters consistently. That's it. That's it. 123, 126, 118, 121. That's the Warriors total so far. Total right now is set at 117.5 for the Warriors. I'm going over 117.5 here. I'm just not sure how the Nuggets contain Clay and Steph at home. And Steph's getting his full run of minutes. Uh, they should crush this number if Malone doesn't put Gordon on pool early and pool gets going. So out of the 16 playoff teams, these two teams are playing at the fifth and sixth fastest pace. Denver's fifth at 100.3, Golden State sixth at 100.2. They're both playing quickly, fast. The Warriors are number one in offensive efficiency in the playoffs. So here we go. My play on top of the game total over, Warriors total over 117 and a half. Now, I do want to bring something else up, and I think this will be a little controversial, but I don't care, okay? Um, I want to talk about Jamal Murray here for a second and Ben Simmons, the Ben Simmons situation. The Ben Simmons situation is a joke. Um, listen, as someone that's very, very sensitive to mental health issues, I get it, <clears throat> but th this has gone above and beyond. So let's just, let me just talk about the similarities between Murray and Ben Simmons. Okay. Neither guy has played this season. Both their organizations frustrated because they're not both players seem ready physically for some time now, but they've yet to clear the mental hurdles. Both teams are, both players are integral to their team success, but here's the big difference. Okay. And I get it. And Ben Simmons should be ripped nationally. He was under the microscope in Philly. He was blamed for the series loss last season. He didn't get along with Joel Embiid played in a pressure cooker in Philly. He got his wish. He got his wish to get traded. He got traded. He never played. Said he was coming back, never came back. Had a meeting with the Nets yesterday. The report is that he's suffering mentally, which I completely understand, but there's a major concern that he might not be able to play again because of this mental hurdle. He, he really hasn't addressed the mental side of things either. So for the people taking shots at him, I don't even blame him because he does not want to address it publicly. He was a no-show on the Nets bench in game four that loss of the Celtics last night. And, and most people are calling on soft and I agree, but what about Murray? Here's Murray. I, I, I think you should be frustrated with Murray or you can be frustrated with Murray and don't let anybody shame you or make you feel bad for that because they probably had a shot to win this series with them. I don't think they win, but at least it's more competitive series than it has been. So he's been out over a year since he tore his ACL. That's, I mean, he's been ready physically for a while, right? Numerous reports that he can go physically, but it is the mental side. And the Nuggets front office, there are one or at least one or two guys up there that are frustrated with him. But here's the difference. You know, Murray never said he's coming back and then backed out at the last minute like Simmons is doing, okay? There have been reports Murray's coming back, but he's never said he's coming back. Murray didn't need to be traded because the city hates him and his team hates him. And there's no question that like the Nets, the Nuggets are frustrated that Murray hasn't played, but some of you would think the Nuggets will win the series with them, but there's really no great comparison here. For those of you that want to make the comparison of Ben Simmons and Jamal Murray, I think you're going 
over the edge. You know, Simmons plays on the East Coast. There's media pressure. I get it. He didn't get a free pass. If Murray played in Philly or New York, I think it would be different. I think that there would be a lot more questions for Jamal Murray why he's not out there, but he's not, okay? And Murray's been given mostly a free pass. Some fans have questioned his desire to play. I question his desire to play this season, but I think it's because he wants to save it and come back healthy and be able to help this team really make that deep run next year. It's unfortunate because another year of the window is gone, though. If he doesn't suit up at the start of next season, then there's something wrong. But there's no reason to send a guy out on the floor if he can't trust his body on the mental side. The Simmons saga has fractured two teams. Murray's loved here. His desire to return, I question it. But he's not the hot mess and the hot distraction that Simmons has been with his two teams. Jamal Murray, should he be playing? You'd like to see it. I'll, I'll, I'll defer to him. It's frustrating that he hasn't played. He says he wants to play, but he hasn't. A lot of question marks here. Why is he not on the floor after a year? But you don't want to rush somebody back with the mental issues. For Simmons, there's a lot of baggage. And I do wonder if he's ever going to play this game again. Jamal Murray, don't have to worry about that. Number four on the front range for the four biggest stories in sports on the front range. Let's get to the Rockies. Bet Rivers odds boost today. Rockies and Avs to win tonight at plus 300. I'm going to talk about the Avs of Mark Springer in a few minutes, but Rockies and Avs to win tonight at plus 300. Not taking that. Rockies Phillies odds for tonight in a moment. But first, last night was a total debacle. 8-2 loss in Philadelphia. Freeland was fine. You know, he didn't have a he had a blow-up inning, but it wasn't his fault. And we've seen Freeland with four or five blow-up innings now, but just one of four earned runs in the third inning. One of four of the runs were earned. Six hits a walk, seven K's over five innings for Freeland, but uh, at least two horrible fielding plays. Iglesias, Jose Iglesias, the shortstop, dropped a relay throw. That allowed. Reese Hoskins to get on. You had a JT Realmuto double off of Freeland. That scored the run. Kyle Schwarber, high fly ball to the outfield. Should have been caught by Blackman or Gritchick. They look at each other, the ball falls, run score. So outfield miscommunications, drop re relays. This is what bad teams do. They haven't, the Rockies have not been a bad team to start the season at 10 and 6, but they played a bad game yesterday. It's just about as badly as they could play defensively. Tonight, it's Marquez and Eflin. Herman Marquez versus Zach Eflin. Eflin, a good pitcher at home. Marquez, ground ball pitcher, gets you strikeouts. You know how much I love this guy. Rockies money line plus 138. Total is eight on Bet Rivers. Rockies first five money line plus 125. Uh, buddy of mine with run pure bets. JJ's going with the first five under. I don't hate that play. It's going to be gross in Philly tonight. Rain, lower 60s. Eflin's been terrific at home. Marquez is a top-tier starter. Wouldn't blame you if you wanted to go first five. I just got into the juice a little too late. I'm seeing it minus 137. I don't want to touch that. Okay? So, Rockies and Phillies tonight. We're going to find out what the Avs are doing tonight. They host St. Louis. They've lost four in a row. The Avalanche have. Mark Springer, our Avs insider, next on the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. Baseball is here, and Bet Rivers has a special offer for you every Saturday throughout the season. Place a three-leg same-game parlay of at least $25, and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same-game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to make your perfect combo. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the Bet Rivers app 
or go to betrivers.com. Must be 21, must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Ah, yes. Do you like being called Avs Insider for the VEASAN Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers, Mark Springer? I feel like it's such a nice title that I gave you. What are your thoughts on that? Should I change it up or keep it? Yeah, it's a really nice title. I mean, here's yeah. the, the secret. I know just as much as all uh, everyone else does. Like, for example, I get all my information off of Twitter. So that's your insider, Holden. Uh, I go to Peter Baugh and his Twitter, and don't I'm like, believe, hey, there's the injury updates. Don't hey. believe this guy. He freaking does the <laughs> pre and the he does the post game between the pipes. Stop it! Stop it! Already. I am. I, I watch a ton of his team. I'll say that. Okay, so here's the deal. They have lost four in a row. They look like hot garbage. And two weeks ago, when you were on, I was talking about. I said, don't don't back these guys. They're sitting everybody. So before we get into the panic level and everybody freaking out, what have you been doing with the abs over these last four or five games? And what are you going to do till the end of the season? Which is what, three games? Yeah, three games left. Uh, one tonight at home against St. Louis. And then mm-hmm. we got a back-to-back Thursday and Friday. Thank God. It's bring on the playoffs. I'm sick of this regular season <laughs> crap. And I think that the abs are too. I, I, I knew that this team was going to be tough to bet at this point of the season, you know. Uh, Miko Rantanen got the flu. I don't think he got the Rona. He got sick, and they're being extra yeah. cautious with him. Devon Taves, if you if you have a little nick or bruise right now, Jared Bednar's going to be extra cautious with you, and he's going to sit you. Uh, last game in Winnipeg, Nathan McKinnon only played 17 minutes. Damn. Kale McCarr only played 22 minutes. That might not seem like a big difference. He played 30 minutes the game before. All right, if, if that was a game that the Avs wanted to win, Nathan McKinnon plays at least 22 minutes. Kale McCarr plays at least 26 minutes. So it's clear that Jared Bednar is playing it safe here, which is the right move. The, the President's Trophy's gone. Florida's going to win it. They've already wrapped up the one seed in the West. So it's going to make the Avs a tricky team to bet here down the stretch. Yeah, so why bother, right, at this point, unless you want to back the other side? Have you backed the other side against the Avs at one time this year? There was really no reason to do it. Would you do it down to final three? I... I might have thought, at least thought about it a couple times this season. Recently, I've, I've more just stayed away. Like that Winnipeg game, the Abs were minus 200 at Winnipeg. There's no value there. Like, why, why no. would I take that when I know all the guys that they're going to be without? Now, tonight, they're about minus 170 at home against the Blues. Ah, the fans are frustrated. It's at home. I do think that that is an element to consider, that the Avs are going to want to go out there and show, hey, guys, we're okay. Now, the Blues are a really good team. Uh, Mm -hmm. A lot of this is going to come down to who plays for the Avs tonight. Is Miko Rantanen back? I think he'll play tonight. Now, I haven't seen the injury updates on Twitter. That's what I'm talking about, where, you know, everyone goes to the press conferences. Jared Bednar gives the injury updates. We haven't gotten that yet today. Uh, Mm -hmm. I expect Miko to play tonight, though. It feels like he could have played in one of the last two games, but they were on this extended uh, northwest road trip, and they kind of just said, screw it. But now they're back home, so I think Miko plays. That should help McKinnon. You could tell McKinnon missed Miko in that Winnipeg game. So I expect Miko back tonight. That certainly will help the Avs cause. Devon Taves, I don't know. I I mean, this was uh, some sort of an injury that's been nagging him, so I don't know if he plays tonight. I'm sure if this was a playoff game, he plays 100%. Uh, Gabe Landeskog is supposed to be skating right now. 
but we haven't heard any sort of media injury update on him in the past couple of days beyond the fact that he's skating in Denver. So I doubt he plays tonight. Uh, mm. and, and St. Louis is fighting, trying to get uh, home home ice advantage in that 2-3 matchup against the Wild. So the, the Blues actually do have something to play for tonight, whereas the Avs don't. M- minus 170 to me, like I was expecting this to be more Avs minus 140. I know that's not a huge difference, but... It's a huge difference. It's, that's a huge difference. If you're if you're a thousand dollar better, that's a huge difference. Yeah, absolutely. So so to me, that is a little bit of a hint from the odds makers and the sharp betters. You know <laughs> that that we have the abs up to minus one seventy instead of a minus one forty, even a minus one thirty. That yeah, they can win tonight. They probably should win tonight. So I am looking at that. I might parlay that with another game. Uh, personally, I like the Vegas Golden Knights to win tonight. I know that might seem a little weird, uh, but that's a pick I'm holding. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights at the Dallas Stars is a must-win game for both teams. Both these teams are fighting for the eighth seed, and that's a pick game in Dallas. I think a lot of the public is going to be on Dallas tonight because the Knights just crapped away a 3-1 to home lead against the Sharks, and at the death, the Sharks sent it to overtime and won that thing. I think a lot of people are down on Vegas right now, but because it's a pick I'm going to trust the odds makers. I'm going to trust the Sharps, and I'm going with Vegas tonight. So I'm going to parlay the abs in the Knights. That's my bet for tonight. All right. I almost always tell you, I'm not telling you here. I ref- Just out of spite and being, <clears throat> excuse me, and being so just, I'm just going to keep to my, my wits here. I'm not going to go out of it, so. You probably have a good bet. Maybe it's a winner, but I refuse to back the Avs in any situation. I, I Unless don't it's like plus eight and a half goals. I don't blame you. Don't blame me. Yeah. So, and and sorry for clearing my throat, uh, listeners. Battling a little cold here. It's going around. Yeah, it's happening. There's other things besides for the Rona. Um, <laughs> so everybody's freaking out. I, I I my trainer. He listens to the pod. He's like, oh man, the Avalanche. Oh, I can't believe the Avalanche are tanking. I said, don't worry about it, man. It'll be fine. I think he's probably like a lot of your listeners, isn't he? Yeah, I put out a poll after our last Between the Pipe show because, of course, we hear from the vocal minority. Those are the people, like the the negative vocal people. Those are the first people to text. Those are the first people to call. And those are the people who are hitting the panic button, right? So I put out a poll uh-huh. on Twitter. Are you panicked, Avs fans? And sure enough, you know, you hear from a, a wider scope of people, and it was 70% are not panicked, 30% are panicked. So most people do understand that, look, no Miko, no Taves, no Landis Cog. Let's also mention that Nazem Kadri just returned from injury. He hasn't looked like himself yet. And that's to be expected when guys go out with injury and then they come back. He's finding his feet. That's why I would like to see Landis Cog play before the regular season ends, just to get him at least one game of regular season action. Now, I'm probably overblowing this a little bit. Landeskog should be fine. But, you know, we're seeing it with Kadri. Could we see it with Gabe? This reintegration from injury. Uh, so there's some of that going on. All the players that they're without. Jared Bednar's not playing McKinnon and McCarr as much as he otherwise would. Well, then there's nothing to play for. They're, they've locked up the one seed in the West like yeah. two to three weeks ago. This thing's been over. So, well, two things here. First of all, they're going to face one of the two teams that knocked them out of the playoffs the last two years, right? Isn't that well, going to happen? Yeah, the, the Stars or the Knights, and that's the game tonight. Vancouver's interesting. Right. They're still lurking. Um, they are? 
I so who's the, the who's the matchup? Who do you want in round one? Let me just put it that way. I want Dallas. I mean, that would okay. be the easiest matchup. Uh, you know, Dallas has lost four out of their last five. They've lost three in a row. Uh, they just beat the Kraken three to two at home, which is not an impressive win. I, I know Vegas, you want Vegas because of their goaltending situation. First, it looked like Robin Leonard was going to be out for the season. That injury finally caught up to him. Now, now maybe he's not going to be out for the season. I don't know what they're doing there. This feels a little Jamal Murray Nuggets-esque. They're they're playing mind games with Robin Leonard's injury status. So, so the goaltending situation for the Knights is concerning. But when I look at, at those forwards with Stone and now Jack Eichel and Max Pacioretty and Jonathan Marcheseau, guys, uh, a lot of that core who has had a lot of playoff success and they play the abs hard, to me, I still would want to avoid the Knights, but that's out of the abs control. You know, this is going to come down to what the Knights do, what the Stars do. Uh, I would prefer the Stars, but I think no matter what, Holden, no matter my preference or anyone's preference, the abs are winning that first-round matchup. They absolutely well, should win that first-round matchup. Well, then you're, you're, you think they could just flip the switch in game one. I think if there's one game then, and we're look, I'm looking forward here, right? But after all of this... That'll be something that I'm going to take into account, though, for game one. Does this team just flip the switch, you know? And it's it's like you can't assume they're just rolling through the first round no matter how much better than the team they're facing them because you've seen what's happened in the past, right? So that'll be the next game, that first game of the playoffs, whoever it's against, whenever it is, well, I have to ask myself the question, can they just flip the switch and turn it on immediately? No. Are you going to ask yourself that? You're, you're, you're dead on with game one, yeah. Can they flip the switch? But we're, if we're talking series price, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, maybe you wait till after game one. Maybe they drop it. Maybe the Avs value in that first round series goes up. You know, that's something to consider because they're going to win that series, Holden. Even if they drop game one, Agreed. this team is on a mission. They're as deep a team. They're as motivated a team as I've seen. They're going to win their first round matchup. Okay, I got one other thing to <clears throat> talk to you about here. Feel free to, to uh, steal this topic for Kreckman and Lindahl or... Tell me it's such a dumbass topic that you wouldn't even consider it. Uh, I think there's parallels to be drawn. This is the NBA, okay? You're you're a, you're an all sports guy over there. I think there's comparisons you can make Jamal Murray and Ben Simmons, and I don't think Jamal Murray's getting enough uh, criticism for sitting out because of the mental issue, the mental hurdle he's trying to get on uh, or, or get over. And I see Ben Simmons too. Now there's huge differences. Nobody likes Ben Simmons. He already forced a trade. But at what point in time do you start looking at Jamal Murray and say, why, if you're physically ready, haven't you come back? Because maybe you had a shot to actually win a playoff series with Jamal Murray. Your take on Jamal Murray right now, and are you hearing anybody else with my opinion here? Because, again, you don't want this guy getting hurt. You don't want him out there. You don't want to get him hurt long term. But at what point in time? We're over a year away from ACL surgery. Everybody else seems to come back. Uh, I've heard that same sentiment. Uh, here's where I come down on this. One, Jamal Murray is one of the most competitive athletes I've ever seen. He's the most competitive okay. nugget I've ever seen. So I I don't know for a fact, but it's one of those things where I know that, like, we know that Jamal wants to be out there. He's dying to be out there. Uh, is it a physical thing with the knee? Is it more of a mental thing with the knee? Uh, and it does some of that mental stuff play into the fact that it's a playoff speed basketball game, right? That, that this is not the time that he wants to get his knee back into full game action. I'm sure that that is probably more 
what it is. Look, the last time we saw Ben Simmons in the playoffs, he was passing up easy layups so he didn't get fouled and have to shoot free throws. We, we mm-hmm. saw Ben Simmons not be able to shoot, period, the last time we saw him in the playoffs. Last time we saw Jamal Murray in the playoffs was one of the best playoff performances we've ever seen. It was up there with some of the greats, Holden, and he was fantastic. Uh, So I think that Ben Simmons, I think, you know, from the outside looking in, there does appear to be more of that mental, oh, crap, I don't want to get exposed in big game situations type thing going on with Ben. Whereas with Jamal, I think he's 25 years old. I think he's looking at the big picture and he's saying the last thing I need is to re-injure my knee in a situation where I am not 100% comfortable putting that type of pressure back on it. So let me reset for next season. Let me get an entire regular season under my belt and then I'll just be more mentally ready to go for the playoffs. Uh, it's his. It, he's the, like, I'm just going to bring it back to this. Holden. He's the most competitive guy I've seen in the Nuggets uniform. He gets 100% benefit of the doubt from me. Okay. Yeah, I, I, again, <clears throat> the window to win a championship is small. You never know what's going to happen now. This is two straight years, their window has just been wasted because of injuries, right? So I get it. I think there's frustration in the Nuggets organization with him. I don't think it's to the point where the Nets are. Uh, again, it's a loose comparison to Ben Simmons because Ben Simmons has really built a lot of ill will. But I do wonder if we were in a bigger media market, if this would be a bigger story. Because again, this series, they might have actually won. I don't think so, but they might have actually won with Jamal Murray, and they just don't have him. And apparently he's ready to go physically, but if he's not there mentally, then you're kind of screwed and you're boxed in. Simple as that. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, you know, hey, good on the Nuggets for not getting swept, though, right? I'm a little surprised. I'm a little surprised. So this team, man, I know you say the window is small, and you're right. It is because, you know, look at how the land – James Wiseman will be back for the Warriors next year. It doesn't get any easier. But when I look at this Nuggets core, like Jamal's still 25. Jokic is 27. Yeah. They're an interesting team next year. Bones will be part of the rotation. Bones. problem is they're locked up in bad contracts now. Gordon's extension starts next year for four and 92. Michael Porter Jr., you're not going to, I really don't think he's going to make any sort of impact during this next part of his contract. Seriously, there might have to be an injury settlement at this point. This guy can't stand back. Yeah, he's got the back of a 70 year old man. I hate to say it, but he does. Yeah, yeah, I know. So the core does look great, but the core also looks a little shady. So we'll see. I think it's another year. I, I think they've had, what, three windows? They got to the conference finals in the bubble, and there's a lot to prove still. My friend, thank you so much for hopping on. Plug everything that you do and plug your show. Yeah, tonight after Avs Blues, Altitude Sports Radio 92.5, about 10, 30, 11 p.m. between the pipes, myself and Alex Ryan Emmy, mm. we will break down what is hopefully a win to break that four-game losing streak. If it is a five-game losing streak, oh, there's going to be a lot of panic on that show, Holden. A lot of panic. Settle Not down. Us, from you listeners. You might as well just start panicking. Just get everybody in a full panic here. It'll be great. Uh, this team has 116 points. I refuse to panic. Uh, I, I, me, me too, but it would be kind of fun if you got everybody panicking. <laughs> it's always fun to cause uh, havoc and, and mayhem. Sure. Springer, thanks for hopping on. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'll be back tomorrow. 
Um, talking about a potential $2 billion domed stadium with the Broncos. You hear about this, Springer? I don't want a dome in Denver. You need Ooh. the snow and the elements. Come on now. Discuss uh, that and more. Those are brutal for- to sit through, though, Holden. Well, I, that's why I watch it on TV, pal. That's why I watch <laughs> NFL on TV. Don't go to the stadium. You can't watch every single game at the same time. All right, Springer, thank you. Thanks for listening to the show. Give me a uh, five-star rating and a nice review. That would make my day. I'd appreciate it. Thanks for checking out the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers.